0: Welcome to another podcast with State Representative Russ Diamond of the 102nd Legislative District in Lebanon County. I'm Chuck Nichols, Representative Diamond, welcome to another discussion on the latest of what's going on with trying to wrestle back power from the governor a little bit. Uh, We discussed last week about uh, what had happened up to this point, your House resolution, and of course now we're trying to figure out the constitutional way to get this done, what's the
1: latest. How did it play out in the House? Well, this is this is what happened. I mean, when we talked about H.R. 836 before, we also talked about how in 1978, when the Emergency Management Services Code, kind of unknowingly to them, I believe, I still haven't had a chance to talk to anybody who was in the legislature at that time, but I think unbeknownst to them, they put us in a box. And that box was a constitutional box where the law said... The General Assembly can, you know, terminate a disaster emergency. But the Constitution said, well, but you need to get the governor's permission, which just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So contemplating what might happen in the future sometime, we've developed uh, some constitutional amendments to, to address that. First would be to uh, to amend Article 3, Section 9, which says these termination resolutions have to go to the governor. Uh Senate Bill 1166 includes a provision that says these termination resolutions do not need to go to the governor when the when the General Assembly passes it. It's over. It's done. You know, just like what we thought should have happened this time. Um, The second constitutional amendment that is part of Senate Bill 1166 is a measure that requires that after 21 days of a disaster emergency, the General Assembly has to approve it to be continued or else it is terminated. That's to encourage cooperation between a governor and the General Assembly rather than the, the governor just going off on his own and doing whatever he wants. You need to get some buy-in from the General Assembly in order to continue uh, a, a disaster emergency. And you got to get that buy-in within 21 days of Uh, declaring that disaster. And that really gives the
0: chance for the people to have their voice as one of these things goes on.
1: Absolutely. And, And really, these two amendments, those two parts of Senate Bill 1166, they're aimed at restoring our Republican form of government, and I mean that with a small r, Republican form of government as guaranteed by the United States Constitution, Article 4, Section 4. Now, there are some people who said, "We well, we should go to, you know, a federal court to argue that out. But the truth is, there's a state cure to that. And this is the state cure, is these two amendments that are part of Senate Bill 1166. The Third Amendment is a very important uh, amendment that would address the other hot topic of our time, which is race relations in Pennsylvania. Uh, it would be an, an amendment to Article I of the of the Constitution, which is our Declaration of Rights, and it will declare that no one in Pennsylvania will ever have their rights suppressed simply because of their, their race or their ethnic background. I think that's very important. Those are three very important constitutional amendments to get to the people and allow them to vote on them as soon as possible. Hopefully, now that we've passed this, this will get on the ballot early next year at the spring primary. Along with the fourth constitutional amendment, which is my House Bill 196, which will change the way we elect our appellate court judges in Pennsylvania. Right now, we elect them on a statewide basis. And unfortunately, that's resulted in the fact that over the last 50 years, Um, Allegheny and Philadelphia counties, which only hold 21% of the population, have had about 55% of those seats. And look, that's fine, but we need regional diversity because I've run three statewide campaigns in my life, and I've come to realize that Pennsylvania could be divided up into seven different states, maybe even eight different states, all with their own regional uniqueness, cultures, attitudes toward the law, that sort of thing. We need that kind of regional diversity to be on our appellate courts because our appellate courts are where the law is practically applied to real life situations and precedent is set for the future. So if you only have a really urban perspective dominating those courts and almost at three times the rate of their population, you're going to have a really urban sense on uh judicial decisions and, and we've seen that where you know they kind of uh play a little loose and fast with the you know the meanings of words that sort of thing whereas some folks in the in in the rural areas they're more like well no this is what it says so that has to be what it means now whether you subscribe to either one of those two judicial temperaments they're both legitimate but we need a balance of that on the courts so we really do need a balance of that in courts. so all told, what we've done, uh, what's happened in, in a single day here in the, in the General Assembly, both with action in the Senate and action in the House, is that we have moved four very, very important constitutional amendments, and we've advanced them through the first session purpose. Now, they have to be advertised before the next general election, so that if people are too upset about what we're doing, they have a chance to vote us out. That's fair, and that's in the Constitution. It's an advertising requirement. Yeah, there's a lot of timing involved. There, right there is a lot of timing involved in a constitutional amendment. So what would happen then is when we come back in the next session, uh, which begins officially on December 1st, but we're not sworn in until you know, the beginning of January, hopefully we would pass... All these four amendments, again, in the exact same form, and once they pass the General Assembly, then they'll be advertised again and put on the next available election ballot, whether it's a primary or whether it's a general. We're hoping that it gets into the spring uh, because that uh, will—I think time is of the essence here, especially when we're talking about a cure for a violation of Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, you know— I've taken an oath, not just to the Pennsylvania Constitution, but to the U.S. Constitution, and I think it's important for members of the General Assembly to reestablish the checks and balances that function in, in a good Republican form of government.
0: And so once this heads to the people, they will have the chance on that next ballot to vote yay or nay on each one of these.
1: Yeah, it's it's not not, not not one block. Right. It's four separate questions because we'll be amending four separate parts of the Constitution. And it's important that people know that they will be separate of course i will be going out and i will be you know i will be lobbying for four yes votes because these are all good ideas um but you need to separate them out in case people think well i like two of these but not these two that sort of thing and of course the advertising requirement is very important because people need to know in advance of showing up at the at the election booth what exactly they're voting on so it is an opportunity, though, for folks to really
0: have their say. It, it is in, in, in the moving forward of of the, our way of life, our way of government. There's been a lot going on lately with folks saying, hey, we need to tear this system down and replace it with something new or not. This is their chance to do something in that regard.
1: Yeah, you know, when I came to Harrisburg almost six years ago now, uh, I came with the same attitude I had before I was in Harrisburg, which is I want to reform state government. The best way to reform state government is to turn it over to the people. Look, ultimately, look, uh, I take a lot of pride in ownership over the bills, the legislation uh, that I run. But once that becomes law. Once the governor signs it into law or the people would ratify it as part of the Constitution, it no longer belongs to me. It belongs belongs to to everybody. 12.8 million Pennsylvanians are the real owners of the law. And for that reason, this is the greatest opportunity for government reform that we have before us. It really does put the small d democracy into our constitutional, small r, republic. And this is what it's all about. It's about the consent of the governed and allowing the consent of the governed to rule how we are governed representative
0: diamond thanks for giving us this update join us again for another one as we move forward with this process